What's wrong with education? What's a growth mindset? Why are we so down on public education? What's education like in China? How about in Finland? How about in Canada? Welcome to the W5H Book Club. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. A new podcast series starring yours truly, David Shu, and my co-host, Luki Danu Cargento. Each month we read a book around a central theme for the season and then meet up to discuss it. The topic for the first season is, What is Wrong with Education? Check out the W5H Book Club on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Who knows? Maybe we'll all learn something along the way. Potato chips unites the, <laughs> the, the generalist eater with the vegetarian, with the vegan, right? Is there anybody who, doesn't, who has a reason why they don't eat potato chips? Welcome to the Medical Dads Podcast, a parenting podcast by two dads who happen to be medical doctors. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dr. Stuart Harmon, a pediatric emergency room physician and father of four from Ottawa, Ontario. I want to be in the podcast. Daddy, do you know what you're doing? Can I play a game on your computer? Daddy, where's mommy? And I'm your other co-host, Dr. David Shu, a family doctor from Toronto, Ontario. Welcome aboard. All right, Dr. Harmon, I hope you're hungry because we're ready to talk about junk food part two on the Medical Dads today. Junk food part two. I thought this was the special holiday episode, the April Fool's Day episode. <laughs> we don't have an hour's worth of stuff we can say about uh, how your family celebrates April Fool's Day. <laughs> it wouldn't come as a shock to people listening that I do not celebrate April Fool's Day. I'm always very chagrined when someone gets me with an April Fool's joke because it's not a day that I actually celebrate. Uh, I would have thought there's a special Chinese April Fool's Day that you celebrate on, on that day. <laughs> nope. So, junk food. We talked about chicken. We're chickened out. Let's move on, like we said, to the other key food group of junk food. And I'm not talking about sugar because that is not one of my favorite junk foods. But we'll get there eventually, hopefully. I'm talking about the potato and all the variations of potato that take this vegetable and turn it into one of the deadliest foods on earth. Now we, we talked a ton last time about junk food, mostly in the context of fast food. Uh, in the last podcast, we essentially talked fast food. Right. So are we going to go French fries? What restaurants have their best, worst French fries? Or are we talking potato chips and real, like the junk food that comes in a package that you <laughs> rip open at home that you wake up covered in the crumbs of the next morning? Either one, man. I'm happy to talk about both because when I made my list of like four different junk foods that stand the test of, you know, the medical dads for me, all, yeah. all of those things are on that list. You know, fries are on the list. Potato chips are on the list. Poutine is on the list. I'm ready to go if you want to talk about any of these. All right, well, let's just go head first into the potato and then we'll carve out some time to talk more about junk food and the true uh, classification of what you could find in the junk food aisle of the supermarket. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, let's talk about the package stuff, you know, the crinkly package that makes a lot of noise when you try to open it. Potato yes. chips. One of the greatest or things. crisps, as we call them in English. <laughs> one of the greatest things ever invented, you know. Like, I, there's not much to say about potato chips, except that 
it crosses all borders. It crosses all nationalities. I have never met a person who told me that potato chips taste bad or that they can't stand the taste of potato chips. I've met many people who don't eat them, you know, on health principles and whatnot. But yeah. I've never seen someone tell me that, you know, they don't like this stuff. I've, I've, I, you know, we talked about fried chicken. I think there are people who don't like fried chicken, right? And certain versions of chicken people are not a huge fan of. Potato chips, I can't imagine anyone saying they don't like it. Potato chips unites the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the generalist eater with the vegetarian, with the vegan, right? <laughs> Is there anybody who, doesn't, who has a reason why they don't eat potato chips? Well, the only reason would be, you know, life and wanting to live longer, right? They are universally known for being deadly, yet I don't think that affects the sales of Frito-Lays and Pringles after all these years. <laughs> Talking about potatoes... All right, talking about potato chips. What what are your keys when looking for a bag of potato chips? Like what are your go-to flavors? Let's 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 talk about it this way. Well, we almost want to talk about our go-to brands because definitely not all potato chips are created equal. The the packs of chips you would have gotten in a, in a candy bag on Halloween back in the day. Sometimes people will get these bulk bags of chips from some weird company you never heard of. And they, some of them were not that good. Not, not every chip is good, regardless of the flavor. Sometimes it's just the company. Really? I, I disagree. I feel like you can get any bag of chip, and it's still better than all the other stuff in your Halloween bag. Like, by definition, a bag of chips <laughs> is still arms and legs above any candy bar, any sort of sour candy, any licorice. Like, you know, we might, be, we might say that there's some differentiation between brands, but by and large, yeah. if it's a chip... If it's seasoned, it's good enough. <laughs> You're a big fan of the Humpty Dumpty brand potato that, chips. That's thing. a fine Canadian institution. <laughs> What's wrong with Humpty Dumpty? Hostess, the chips with those three guys, those three little little animals on the front. Also very... Oh, the munchies. Yeah. What's wrong with these guys? Yeah. Lay's actually was not the brand of chips we ate routinely growing up, if you remember. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I almost forgot. <laughs> Lay's now is this huge giant of potato chips, and we can talk about the huge battle going on right now between Lay's and Loblaws. But I almost forgotten that the Coke of potato chips when we were kids would have been Hostess. Exactly. Hostess potato exactly. chips. Exactly. Now, it seems like just like anything else, there are some politics and some business dealings that determine the course of potato chip history. But can you really tell yeah. me that Lay's tastes better than Hostess? I don't think so. Uh, maybe not better than Hostess, because Hostess, those are those were some high quality <laughs> chips. And if you got the munchies, nothing else will do. <laughs> Hostess potato chips. That was right there in the motto. Uh, but certainly, there's a difference between Lay's potato chips and uh, some of the like the, the the chips that you would find right now at Loblaws. Because for the audience who haven't been tuned into this. There's this big battle going on between Loblaws and Lay's, or the parent company that owns Loblaws and Lay's. And what it comes down to, supposedly, according to the grocery store, is that the company that supplies the chips is demanding that the grocery store charge more for the chips because the cost of producing and transporting the chips has gone up with inflation and, uh, and uh, material uh, scarcity. Mm. However... According to the Loblaws, they're saying, no, we refuse to pass on that cost to the customer. So we are not raising the cost of the chips. And this came down to some kind of showdown where Lay's said, OK, well, we're not shipping you chips anymore. You can't, you can't sell our <laughs> chips. 
Uh, now, I don't know if that's the true story, but whatever the real thing's going on, it's resulted in when you go to Loblaws, you cannot find uh, Lay's potato chips or Miss Vicky's potato chips on the shelf. And there's lots of compliments brand potato chips uh, to eat. And there's a huge difference between a Lay's potato chip and compliments brand potato chips. When you're talking about compliments, you're talking about the President's Choice brand? Is that the one you're talking about? Well, President's Choice is its own thing, but yeah, like compliments, President's Choice, these no-name brands, yeah. I guess President's Choice would be the one at Loblaws because that's their in-house no-name brand. Right, right. So, I mean, I don't know. I I, I actually like these no-name brands. They're not that bad. You save a dollar and the the, the quality of the food is not that different. And they come, they have all these funky flavors, right? They often don't try to beat you know, lays at their own game. They have all these fancier flavors, right? <laughs> Sriracha flavor, pretty good. You know, there's like these smoky bacon flavors. Like there's a lot of stuff out there, man. You got to expand your horizons when it comes to chips. In in our clinic years back, at one point we had like, there was an elderly psychotherapist that worked at our clinic. He was, he was 90 at that time. He wouldn't eat lunch, but he would bring in bags of chips, Right. And, and chips is usually a thing that I always feel kind of bad buying. It's like we don't buy chips at Costco because the, the one time we did it, the bag was like five times the size of a regular bag of chips. And then you feel obligated to finish the thing before it goes yeah. stale. So you're really pounding chips away and it's not healthy. So yeah. it's a real treat for me to like, you know, you know, this week I'll pick out a bag. You know, it's something we buy very sparingly. But this this old dude would bring chips into the office you know, on a regular basis. And then, you know, you know what it is, what it's like. Once a bag of chips is open, right? It's just yeah. in there. Then you got to reach your hand in and grab some, right? So then it's just me and him, you know, making chit chat over potato chips at lunch yeah. every day. My wife's like, you got to stop doing this. Like, uh, he's 90, right? He doesn't care. You, you got years, you got years to live, right? I'm like thinking to myself, I can't get outdone by a 90 year old because of potato <laughs> chips, right? You've got to man up. Uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I guess when you're when you're 90, that might be the time to say, you know, I'd rather have <laughs> two more good chippy years than another five years of not eating chips. But he used to buy a lot of these President's Choice brands, right? So I tried a lot of them during that time period. I have to say, they're not that bad. Sometimes you feel like the flavoring is a little bit overly done, you know, with a lot of these no-name brands. They're, they kind of overdo it. They miss kind of the subtlety of like a good sour cream and onion or a, like a good regular barbecue. Yeah. But at the same time, the, t- the flavors still taste great. Come on. <laughs> I would think that there's a difference in the crunch factor and texture of the chip. Because I know that Lay's uses their own proprietary potatoes. Mm. Like they've, got, they've patented the specific potato that they use. And people have gotten in trouble for when Lay's potatoes have shown up in their, in their crops or in their fields. I've never really felt that the crunchiness is too much of an issue when I'm eating potato chips for whatever reason. I, I just feel like the chip is just something that needs to dissolve in my mouth, right? And the spices kick in. I, I don't really so like plain potato chips. You don't even chew your chips. chips. You just put it on your tongue like an LSD patch and let it let the magic flow into you. Uh, but well, okay. So flavor-wise, give me some go-to flavors that you stand by. I'm assuming these will all be f- Lay's flavors, I'm assuming. <laughs> Uh, well, no, not necessarily. You know what I like is Miss, Miss Vicky's chips, the ones that are the kettle cooked chips. Yeah. They have one now that is a um, spicy pickle, spicy dill. Uh, mm. And normally I don't love dill pickle chips that much. My wife, that's her favorite flavor. But this mm. spicy dill from uh, Miss Vicky's, this has an addictive quality to it. So, yeah, that's one flavor. <laughs> 
I have not tried that one. Yeah, you got to try that. They also make a hot mustard flavor that's uh, that's pretty good. Mm. Another flavor that I like is, uh, and this is a Lay's chip, old-fashioned barbecue. Mm. So people, if you think back to the 80s, when you got a bag of barbecue chips, uh, it was had this sort of almost orange powder on it that would come off on your fingers. And that was what <laughs> barbecue chips were. And then somewhere along the way, they changed the barbecue chip. So normally now if you go and buy a bag of barbecue chips, it, uh, the one that comes sold by Lay's comes in a black bag. And right. the chips have a, they don't look like they have an orange powder on them. The chip itself uh, is like an orange chip and it almost looks like it's got some peppery seasoning or something built into the chip. But anyway, the taste is completely, completely different than what a barbecue flavored chip was when I was a kid. And there was a certain point where I noticed that as an adult, that's like, this is not what I remember barbecue chips being. And then one day, Lay's introduced old-fashioned barbecue. In other words, 80s nostalgia barbecue chips. <laughs> and yeah, that flavor, I, I, I've never even had the, the new barbecue flavor uh, since I discovered that the old one was available again. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Interesting, interesting. I don't think I've tried this one, this old-fashioned one. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, and then also just old school, I do like uh, sour cream and onion chips. Mm -hmm. uh, not a fan of ketchup. Not a fan of all dressed and dis really dislike salt and vinegar. So it always <laughs> frustrates me when, <laughs> when I go somewhere and those are the only options. I thought you would like salt and vinegar. I thought salt and vinegar potato chips were like a British thing. I was, that was always how, as a, as a Chinese, that was explained to me that this odd flavor combination is a big thing in England. Well, certainly chips, as in they, that's what they call their French fries. They call their French fries chips, right? Mm -hmm. uh, putting vinegar on their chips, that's definitely a very British thing. And mm -hmm. uh, that's probably what inspired the idea of salt and vinegar chips. But when you go to England and get what they call chips, which are what I was saying before, crisps, right? Uh, they have these flavors that we don't have here that are popular there. So mm -hmm. they have like a cheese and onion flavor. Instead of sour cream and onion, they have cheese and onion. And uh, that's one of their most popular flavors. And I, I, I love it. It's, it's quite good. But I, I don't think in England they consider salt and vinegar to be one of their staples. Interesting. Uh, I don't know that as a fact, but it's my impression. Now, you called out one of my favorite chips as, as something that you're not a fan of, and that's the all-dressed chip. So yes. you're talking about the Ruffles all-dressed potato chip, right? That is one of my go-tos. It's not, not specifically Ruffles. Any brand of all-dressed I'm not that much of a fan of. Ah. Uh, all dressed is like sour cream and onion on steroids, right? I, I don't even know what all dressed means. Like it's not clear in the name what that flavor is. It seems very unnatural. There's probably no real food ingredients in it, right? Just some chemical concoction, but like it's so salty and sour at the same time. It, it's, it's very close to number one for me. I just assumed that all dressed meant fell on the floor chips. Hey, this is what they sweeped off the floor of the factory, and it's all mixed with all the other bits of dust on the floor. And like, ah, yeah, it tastes like everything. It's, I think the reason I don't like that chip that much is is because the, the sort of vinegar flavor cuts mm. through too too deep. Now, there's yeah. another. There's another. The the only reason I'm not going to say it's the clear cut winner for me is there's another one called sour cream and bacon that oh, appears yeah. at certain times, and that one is outstanding. Also, that's, that's a Ruffles chip. Yeah, that's a Ruffles chip, and it's got extra. It's, it, it almost tastes overly done. Like it's one of the few potatoes where you're like, wow, they really overly did it with the flavor. Like there's, you're not even sure that there's an actual potato chip buried under that thing, but, and, and it tastes very artificial, certainly, right? But it's one of these things where like, 
when it, if you're going to embrace a potato chip, you might as well just embrace how artificial the whole thing is at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree that, uh, that is a very good chip. I mean, my whole family loves that one. We get that one from time to time. But I think that also goes back to a little bit about this thing you're saying where the, the brands don't make a difference. Surely you, so you like ruffles. So those ruffled type of ruffled chips, Absolutely. if you buy a no name brand chip that tries to mimic the ruffle pattern, <laughs> that is a substandard chip without a doubt. <laughs> now, one thing I find when I go potato chip shopping uh-huh. is that in my quest as a physician and a dad to promote healthy living and healthy eating, I'm yeah. always on the lookout for healthier alternatives to chips you know or you know there are some chips that are low fat some yeah. chips that are low sodium yeah any luck with these like historically this is a hard sell like most of the time you buy this thing and you you, you and then it's snack time and you're like okay i'm gonna be healthy and then you just come out of that snack miserable right <laughs> like is it ever a good idea and if so what would you pick so i've tried some of these different things veggie chips right Mm. which oh. is like well this is a potato already a vegetable so is this certainly healthier but <laughs> yeah but now there's green ones right there's like these little green and orange things in that bag that are like sticks or something yeah. like that uh, so, yeah. costco no thanks i'll pass <laughs> i've tried a few of these different types of things and at the end of the day what ends up happening is you eat them and you're like eh, it's, it's all right i guess and certainly <laughs> because it's so salty you do end up eating a bag of them where you're like these aren't even that good but i just keep eating them <laughs> Yeah, because there's no real potato chips handy. I need something in my mouth crunching. <laughs> that's that. Well, that's what happens at the end of eating one of these things is you're like, eh, it's all right, but you know what? It really makes me wish I was eating chips. It really <laughs> makes me wish I was eating real chips. <laughs> so I would say there's no replacement for real chips. There's just other things that, uh, you know, that you can make do with if you're not eating chips. <laughs> now, I found one recently that is worth a gander, I think, as a physician. Really? So Lay's has, it's called... Um, I think Beyond chips? No, it's called Lay's Light or something, right? It's 50% less sodium. It comes in a light blue bag, the regular flavor. And then Ruffles, I think, also has a version of this, 50% less sodium for regular. To me, to my taste sensibilities, it basically tastes the same. So I think 50% of the sodium in the regular potato chip is just extra, (laughs) right? Like they've already numbed your salt receptors. You can't taste any more salt. And they just throw in a bunch for good measure because there might be some variation amongst the population of how some people can taste salt, right? Like it's crazy. So that, and then you eat that one and it tastes pretty much like a chip and you feel healthy. You feel like you can eat twice as much now, right? The advertising (laughs) is so insidious, right? You actually feel good about yourself doing that. Yeah, you've eaten twice as much of half the salt, so now you've got the same amount of salt, but twice as much grease inside your body. <laughs> yeah, I know the ones you're talking about, these sort of lightly salted ones. I, I would not call these a healthy alternative to chips. These are just <laughs> chips. These are chips that are maybe slightly less salty, as if salt was the only problem with a bag of chips. Uh, there's a slight difference in the uh, texture of those chips, if I recall correctly. It's almost like they, they seem thinner or something, but they're not bad. What I, what I have to say is in my regular life, I don't actually eat that much salt in terms of I don't add salt to my food. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I season my food when I'm cooking it, but I, I, it would be weird for me to have a steak and then put more salt on my steak. Correct. I never have a salt shaker on my table. So, so I actually sometimes will find things like, a, like regular Lay's to be a bit too salty. Uh, it mm. tastes to be like, ah, it's too salty. So I, I don't mind the, uh, the light version, but mm. uh, they're not that popular in my house. I, I, what I'm finding as we break down this episode is 
I always thought I was the food connoisseur out of the two of us, but you seem to be way pickier than me when it comes to the nuance of the potato chip, like the degree of crispiness. <laughs> it's definitely one of these things where, because uh, you know, in general, we're trying to eat healthy, right? So mm. when you're going to eat something that you know, okay, it's not healthy, it really is, for me, okay, well, then this has to be really worth it. Because it's not like I'm going to eat a bag of bad chips and then be like, ah, oh, wasn't that good? I'm going to eat a bag of good chips now. It's like, I'm only going <laughs> to eat some chips. So these got to be these got to be really good. It's true. It's absolutely true. So those are some of the flavors. Now, healthy chips we chat about. We, we haven't, we didn't give any love yet to, to the Pringle. Yeah, that's, that's what was coming up. The next right. is the Pringle. <laughs> now, when I first heard about Pringles, you know, yeah. I was like, wow, this is when I was like five or eight or whatever. I was like, this is high end. Like they come That's in right. a tube. They're so <laughs> nicely shaped and it was always, and it costs more. Right. So it was yeah. always like a nice treat to get Pringles. Right. Like yeah. if my mom bought me you know, like a tube of this is like, you're in food heaven for like 15 minutes. And then I go to university and I'm, these annoying university friends are like, you know, these are actually cheaper. They take like the pla they take the potato that's like and mashed into bits. It's not real potato. And it just completely changed like my whole idea of Pringles. Right. Like before I thought that, you know, this was like a nicely shaved, like, you know, they had a machine. Now, now in my mind, I have this image of like potato powder getting compressed together from a pulp in, th in a mold somewhere into these chips. Like what's the deal with Pringles? Are they good or not? Yeah, I think, you know, as a kid, I had that same maybe thought that I imagined over in the Pringles factory. They're just so picky that any chip that doesn't meet the perfect shape, like garbage, chuck it away. That's good enough for hostess. That's not good enough for us here at Pringles. Plus, the, the canister has that face of the guy with a mustache and a bow tie. And he he kind of looks like he's a, he expected to be wearing a monocle. I expect Mr. Pringle and Mr. Planter Peanut to be at a very, very high-end exclusive club. You know, be like, oh, yes, the riffraff, we're eating the Lay's. Uh, but when you think about it, I think you're right. I think the they probably squirt this stuff as a kind of liquid into a, into a mold and then fuse it together and then there you go. But I can't uh, let go of a certain nostalgia for Pringles because one thing that's unique about them is that they travel well, mm -hmm. right? And so when you go on vacation somewhere, if you ever go to somewhere like Jamaica or somewhere Caribbean, it's very mm -hmm. humid there. So the food that you get there is great, but you're, you could be at one of these all-inclusive resorts and you're not ever going to really get something that's crispy like chips. Um, mm -hmm. And when you're out there swimming, <laughs> having drinks, uh, all kind of stuff, you get thirsty, you drink, and then you get a desire for something salty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're a crazy country. food connoisseur, you need something <laughs> with the right crisp content in the middle of Jamaica. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you're already getting fed well there, but yeah, these times you come out of the pool and you're like, you know what would be right, nice right now to go with this drink would be if I had some chips. And you could try to pack uh, you know, a regular bag of chips. And when you get to Jamaica, uh, by the time that thing's gone through the, the flight, uh, out of your luggage through customs or whatever, <laughs> you can have a bag of chip crumbs if you're lucky. Uh, but Pringles always had this unique thing. You bring a tube of Pringles. I have these great memories of, of being a kid and just at the right moment, my mom pulls out of the suitcase uh, an intact tube of Pringles and you know pulls that top <laughs> off and we're uh -huh. just having Pringles and D&G soda, which is what they used to have in Jamaica. And uh, just delicious. Just, just goes well, so well together. Yet, as an adult now, I don't buy Pringles that often unless it's something like going on a trip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't buy it too often either. I don't feel like the taste of it is worth the extra investment. 
at the end of the day. Is it the cost investment or you mean the, the effort of trying to eat a chip that size? <laughs> the cost, the cost. It doesn't seem worth it. I think the flavors are not as well done as some of the flavors with Lay's and Ruffles, especially. Yeah. I remember at one time the marketing strategy for Pringles was that it's not greasy. That uh, when you eat a bag of chips, your hands are greasy. It's disgusting. But when you when you eat from the tube of, of Pringles, your hands aren't greasy at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're a little dry. I think that's the other that's the other thing. Yeah, I suppose they could be a little bit dry. But <laughs> it's fun when you're eating Pringles because uh, there's different ways you can eat them. You can eat a single Pringle, um, but then if you stack two of them on top of each other. Uh, it gives a different like feel <laughs> of the chip in your mouth. And any, sometimes you want to go crazy, you eat like a stack of four. Any potato chip needs to be eaten in a stack of three or two or three minimum, right? A solo uh, chip is a completely different eating experience. But having like the multiple layers, like a chip sandwich going, yes. that's something. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've talked in the show before about how that was what I used to bring to my lunch <laughs> uh, as a kid. Two pieces of bread and a little uh, Ziploc baggie, but not Ziploc because we didn't afford Ziplocs. So the, <laughs> the little imitation foldover Ziplocs that don't zip, we'd have those and I would get my little piece of bread at school. I'd take out my chips I'd put them in the bread. I'd eat that. And then the leftover chips, often I didn't want them. Like I'd have uh, sometimes these ketchup chips and it's like, oh, it's good in a piece of bread. But um, my, my friends, you know, hey, you guys can have the leftover the ones that didn't go in the sandwich. And these guys would be losing their mind for these chips because their parents wouldn't let them bring chips to school at all. Now, are we allowed to deviate from the potato and talk about other chips? There are other chips out there and other chip-like chips. products, not banana chips. <laughs> I'm speaking about Doritos. Doritos, corn oh, chips. Oh, yes, Doritos. These are a thing, okay, and yes. they're very popular. But to me, a far inferior product to the traditional potato in the grand scheme of rankings, you know. Yeah. But can be eaten in a pinch if necessary. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're like a novelty. Uh, you Because know, if you're eating chips a, a day in, day out, you can get a little bored, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> have, some, have some Doritos every once in a while. The one Plus, snack uh, that I think is the, you know, I've always loved potato chips, but in the last couple of years, the one snack that has really gained popularity in my estimation for myself uh, and my family is Cheetos. This was not a thing that I loved growing up, but now as an adult, yeah, quite possibly one of the greatest foods ever invented. Ha, that's hilarious. You're just a cool dude in a loose mood <laughs> until you see those Cheetos and your cool turns to drool and your style and ease surrender for the urge, for the cheese that goes crunch. It's not easy being cheesy. <laughs> That was just like 20 seconds of unpaid advertising you delivered. <laughs> as long as Chester Cheetah doesn't sue me for, uh, for delivering his lines. I read in, a, in an article about fast food in the New Yorker a couple of years back that mm. chemically a cheesy or a Cheeto is one of the most well-designed things to make, to make it addictive for people. Because you get that oh, yeah. initial crunch and then it literally just melts in your mouth and vanishes. Right. And then you need to eat another one. Apparently there's like scientists working on this kind of stuff. And they were like, this is the closest thing to perfection that they could find. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing that they had to top that was a Cheeto that disappears right as it touches your lips <laughs> so that you keep being all, but you can smell it. You can almost taste it. It disappears and you need another one. Yeah. So that's the, that's the go-to snack in our family. Like my rule is on your birthday, you get to pick a bag of what you want, you know, Cheetos or yeah. chips. And often Cheetos is the thing. And you would be surprised. You know, I feel like actually we're talking about healthy eating and, you know, physician lifestyle eating. 
You get a yeah. small bag of Cheetos. You have a couple small kids in the family. You all share a bit of it. You didn't eat that yeah. much. In the grand scheme, you know, your health has not been damaged that badly. Your energy bar has only been depleted by a quarter, right? <laughs> and you can go on with your day and you're happy. I, I feel like that's a good, it's a good middle ground to sit on. You don't need to eat the whole bag yourself anymore when you're in your 40s like us. Certainly the Cheetos popular with kids. Kids love Cheetos. Mm -hmm. For me, I, that was never one of my big things that I really loved that much. Mm. And I, don't, I don't know if it's because it does seem so unnatural. You know, with, with chips, there's this sort of thing that, you know, you kind of imagine that they've cut up some potatoes and fried them. Uh, and then, you know, the flavors that they have are named after real things. You know, uh, ketchup, okay, it's approximating ketchup. But uh, like a Cheeto... <laughs> Yo, what's a Cheeto well, really flavored like? Is it, I know what I know why you don't like Cheetos. Okay, I'll tell you why, and you you probably don't remember why. The reason is because of cheesies. Do you remember what cheesies are? Yeah, it's like the same thing as a Cheeto, more or less. Right? <laughs> yeah, but it's like the fatter, bigger version. And these were more popular okay. when we were children, right? And yeah. you know, just how like your mom would pack you potato chips in a bag and you take it to school for lunch. A yeah. lot of us would get like a little bag of cheesies. For lunch uh -huh. but cheesies do really poorly when exposed to air you know so uh -huh. you put it in a bag and you show up at lunch with your bag of cheesies and they've gone stale already and yeah. that was a snack that it was not very edible at that point and i feel like uh -huh. a lot of us over time we just kind of got grossed out by cheesies being stale and yeah. we didn't realize that as adults you can buy a fresh bag of cheetos when you're hungry and you want yeah. one and that it's a completely different ball game all right so this is not even the same thing you need to like look at cheetos as a thing as an adult okay <laughs> well uh along the line of sort of these other salty snacks how do pretzels line up for you pretzels are kind of weak not not a fan you know like it's one of these things where i feel like i have a i have a salt intake you know, requirement for the year. Yeah. And there's like a maximum level and pretzels yeah. is one of the things that's pushing me towards the maximum, but I'm not getting any value out of it. I'd rather have a bag of chips or save it for like the next time Cheetos roll around. Yeah. Yeah. Pretzels are kind of an interesting invention. They sort of have a very cultural place for, for people or there's a sort of an icony or iconography to, to mm -hmm. the pretzel, but uh, certainly covering a pretzel in chocolate takes it to a whole other level. <laughs> Sometimes I'll even make that myself. Sometimes I've, I've been known to get some chocolate, you know, mix it with a little bit of whipped cream and melt it down uh, and then cover a pretzel with that. Then you get some white chocolate, melt that down, drizzle it to make a little design on it. That uh, salty with sweet taste that is quite delicious. You're talking about these little pretzels, the hard, dry pretzels that you get in a bag, right? There's also another kind of pretzel, like a full-size pretzel that's more like a baked you know, bread. You're talking like product. a street pretzel. Yeah. Street pretzel. Now, that, now we're talking. That's a real product. <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever even had a street pretzel. <laughs> I've seen them. I don't think I've ever actually had one. Yeah, they are they are pretty tasty, right? Yeah. I'm not a fan of the little bag ones. You know, the little bag of twigs. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the the ones that are just straight sticks are just there's something lacking about those. But the ones that are knotted into a loop, there's something <laughs> special about those ones for some reason. <laughs> but as we start to talk about some of these other things, uh, what I don't want us to to miss out on. Because we're talking really junk food here. This is this is not fast food. This is junk food. Uh, there's sort of a bit of a trifecta or a triangle because we've talked about the salty, crunchy things. The other one is chocolate, which I just uh, touched on briefly there. And then the third part of that is the gummy things. Mm. Gummy things are big, important at my house to have that gummy. Okay. So, I mean, gummies are an interesting conversation point. I think we may have touched on this way back in our dentistry episode, 
right? Yes. But gummies are a huge phenomenon in the world of vitamins now. You know, as a physician, we're always having, I'm, I'm asked a few times a year about what my take on gummy vitamins is by some concerned <laughs> parent. So what, what do you think, Dr. Harmon? Yay or nay? Uh, for vitamins in the form of gummies? As a pediatrician, I'm not that big on vitamins, period, because people shouldn't need vitamins if they're eating a, a healthy diet. <laughs> Somebody eating a well-balanced diet does not need gummy. Uh, does not need vitamins. But, but here we are so, talking about junk food. Right? That's right. I, I am promoting non-vitamin gummies. <laughs> gummies that just provide sugar. Uh, all for it. Dr. Harmon's seal of approval. Gummies to give you nutritional value in a vitamin? What? No. <laughs> Put that next to your vitamin-infused Cheeto. Mm. I mean, kids love gummies. And yeah. the little gummy bears, or, you know, my wife has a thing for those little gummy Coke bottles. Like, those always oh, yeah. those always get her, get her excited. I had never had those until we got married, actually. I think I might have had one since then because she takes all of those. Uh, my house, uh, it's the same thing, but with Swedish berries. Mm. My wife, super into Swedish berries. And now I've, I've started eating them since I... <laughs> met my wife but before that I, i'm not sure if i'd ever even tasted them before yeah so not a huge gummy fan our dentist has warned us many times about it like gummies get stuck in the teeth they're sticky they're goopy i mean we've talked about they're sour so the sour ones are dangerous they're not the great for, for the sure. acidity level of your mouth and your dental enamel and all that stuff it's yeah. it's an item that you got to really you know, be careful about letting your kids get into that stuff. If they do have a cup of water handy so they can flush that thing out of their mouth. Anything that comes with that many warnings, you know, is delicious. Right? <laughs> you know, you can feel good briefly after eating those gummies. Still not as good as the salty snacks. Like this whole sugary section to me is a smaller part of the fast or the junk food arsenal. It has to be. Yeah. Well, is that maybe not a Chinese thing since there are no Chinese desserts that are sweet, that are palatable? In general, Chinese don't like things that are too tart, right? So, you know, you go to like a Chinese bakery to buy a cake and uh, you bring it home for someone's birthday and all the grannies will be sitting around the table and be like, mm, very good, not that sweet, not that sweet. That's their measuring stick, <laughs> right? What, I don't know, do Canadians do that? Did Canadians eat a cake and be like, mm, not that sweet, very good. I don't think that's a thing. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not that's not a measure of the success of a dessert. It's like, ah, they really nailed not making this taste like a dessert. This is excellent. <laughs> I love eating dessert calories, but feeling like I'm eating some is kind it, of okay, as appetizer. Of, I'm, now I'm curious. As a, as a Chinese, there's another thing. We're deathly afraid of fresh cream, right? So for years, my mom was like, don't eat the fresh cream when you get a cake. Right. So I have to eat just the inside. I could steal a little bit of the fresh cream that's on the middle line, but the icing on yeah. the top, I pretty much would leave it, you know, and it just gets washed down the sink. Right. And it was only yes. in recent years, you know, sometimes when I'm feeling a little adventurous, my mom's not looking. Right. <laughs> then I throw a bunch of that fresh cream in my mouth, like, wait a minute. This stuff's unbelievable. It's sweet, light, fluffy. Like, this, this is better than any candy bar out there. Why, why aren't we allowed to eat this? That's when your mom is like, Dave, you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you not to eat the fresh cream. Not because it doesn't taste good. Oh. Yeah, uh, I mean, considering that much of North America still has its roots in Europe, right? Mm. And Europeans, uh, they like, they have a sweet tooth. That's a very European thing to have a sweet tooth. Mm. So a lot of the desserts that historically come from Europe uh, certainly are sugary desserts mm -hmm. or sweet desserts. 
And I, I think I've definitely inherited that. So for me, uh, if I'm eating, if, if I'm eating snacks or something like that late at night while my wife and I are watching something, to have some chips and then to also have something chocolate and to have something gummy is great. And you can even what? combine these things. <laughs> you can take some chocolate, say so you take some M and M's. Put that in your hand with some uh, Swedish berries and eat that as a handful. <laughs> this is a magic is happening in your mouth when that's going on. Or you take a bag of popcorn and you sprinkle something like M&Ms in the popcorn. That Those truly are flavor enhancers, the way they kind of sell it at the movie theater now. It, it really does kick up your popcorn up a notch. Those are things that I have never considered doing. I, 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 we should actually edit out this part of the podcast. That was a little bit too graphic for our audience, man. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of sugar intake late at night. That's why each candy has to be going through this rigorous selection process. <laughs> and uh, each night, I think, is the key that, that we you cannot do that each night. <laughs> if that was happening each night, then I'd be much less of a connoisseur because it wouldn't matter. Maybe, maybe, what, it's, what, what I eat. maybe it's because you're a pediatrician and you don't see that much type 2 diabetes in your job. <laughs> right? <laughs> like your patients are, are all younger. Like I see patients with diabetes and all these, you know, middle aged, you know, or even geriatrics population with obesity problems like i'm yeah. deathly afraid of diabetes and i think that's gone a long ways into me being super paranoid about sugary snacks and being a huge proponent of salty junk food now <laughs> as a result but the thing with sugar is eating some sugar doesn't make you hungry for more sugar in that moment right people can eat a dessert that's too sugary and get sick of it or eat a dessert that's not too sugary but you can only eat so much before you're like yeah it's giving me a feeling of <laughs> what where's saltiness you can eat yourself to death with salt <laughs> wait right? You're telling me that the fact that your European sugary desserts are super tart is actually a health protection mechanism designed by the British to keep their population alive longer? This just blew my mind. I'm thinking maybe the reason you're seeing so much type 2 diabetes in the adult world is because people are under the false impression that sugar is what gives you diabetes <laughs> when it's being overweight that gives you diabetes. So 10 bags of chips in where you're like, I haven't touched a single molecule of sugar. Oh, wait a minute. Why am I having these dark lines forming in the folds of my skin? You mean, you mean all those grannies who are asking for a second round of cake but not eating the sugary cream? They're actually yeah. doing worse for their health while saying, oh, very nice. Not that sweet. Not that sweet. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh. I mean, that's actually a legitimate question since I don't deal with a lot of type 2 diabetes. But is there actually a link that shows that eating <laughs> sugar specifically as opposed to the, the calories and being overweight does increase your risk of diabetes? Well, sugar makes you gain weight, right? So, okay. so there is yeah. a link there. We go back to the basic science. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, in uh, like ounce for ounce, there's more actual calories in fat than there is in sugar. Right? Mm. Well, if we really want to talk about medicine, you know, and talk about fat, there's this whole yeah. debate out there about, you know, is fat bad for you? And if so, how much of it should you if, if not as bad for you as we thought, then how much should a person imbibe on a regular basis? And that is a thing yeah. that's open for discussion at this point, because we grew up in the era where fat was bad. Right. So a lot of yeah. the older people like my mom is like, don't eat too much fat, don't eat too much fat. And now a lot of the younger patients come into my office and they're eating three eggs a day and high fat diets. And they're like, I'm just cutting down carbs and they're happy about it. And you, there's actually no real good medical answer. There's a lot of opinions out there about how people should yeah. eat. And we don't really know the answer. Well, so much of this is marketing. They have mm -hmm. cholesterol that uh, that was actually largely driven by the food industry. <laughs> 
there's a marketing thing you now. Cholesterol. We just say there's this thing is low in cholesterol, and that makes it sound good. <laughs> I think there's some some. I read. I don't know. If this is just conspiracy theory, but there's something that that cholesterol was thrown out as a sacrificial lamb to distract people from sugar. The, the sugar industry was like, let's get all the focus on cholesterol uh, while we keep pumping them full of sugar. And trans Anyways, fats. none of these conversations have any place in a medical dad's podcast about junk food. Let's move on. That's it. So anything else that's in your junk food stable that we haven't talked about? You, talked you, to, you mentioned it one time. You mentioned the word one time and then we veered off. Chocolate. We must yes. talk about chocolate and what our yes. stance on this thing is. Now, chocolate okay. gets a lot of love even from health food people, right? Especially right. the form of dark chocolate or cocoa. There's all these yeah. people banding about these studies, kind of like the whole wine business, like, you know, drinking a glass a day of wine is healthy. There's a lot of people out there saying that eating dark chocolate can be good for you and that they're antioxidants that are good for you. Yeah. Fact or fiction? What do you think? Uh, well, I think the fact is that eating pure cocoa, uh, probably is not like eating a vitamin that is supposed to make you healthier, <laughs> but eating pure cocoa in a moderate, like on a daily basis, is probably not going to do you any harm. The problem is nobody eats pure oh, cocoa. My disgusting. mom has been buying 95% cocoa or 90%. And then, you know, my mother-in-law has been buying like 90%. And everyone around me is like, oh, this is delicious. There's these slabs of like this black chocolate thing sitting on the countertop. I've eaten it once in a while. I'm like, this isn't sweet. How, this doesn't taste any good. How, why? This is so yeah. bitter, right? And I don't mind That's bitter right. stuff. Like, I, you know, a good cup of coffee is is a good tasting thing. But when, if I'm going to eat chocolate, I need milk chocolate, man. That's real That's chocolate. Right. <laughs> chocolate with sugar. I mean, that's the when people say they love chocolate, that's the chocolate that they love. Mm. This is like dark cocoa bitter stuff. Uh, that You only bake with that. That stuff is only meant to be mixed with other <laughs> things that you're going to eat. Yeah, so... Chocolate is a world unto itself. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, I'm conscious of time, but if we go down that rabbit hole, man, like what are the chocolate products that you stand by? Well, I do like uh, Smarties and M&M's, mm. especially the peanut M&M's. Okay. In fact, I like almost anything covered in chocolate. So chocolate covered raisins, chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> I really love those things. I'm not a huge fan of those. If I had to pick, and this this is a this is a product that gets no love from people because I think we all had it as kids. It, and chocolate connoisseurs probably look at it derisively. But to me, the original Turtles chocolate, you know that little goopy caramel yeah. chocolate, that super tart, yeah. delicious. Uh, like I I would I wouldn't mind having one of those today actually. Yeah, those are good. I like Turtles. I usually get a box of those each Christmas. Uh, and then I actually like some of the other the imitation brands like Armadillos or Almondillo, mm. Almondillos, uh, where they where they put different types of nut in the chocolate. Those are all good. How about how about yeah. the Chinese go-to chocolate product at Christmas time and the go-to gift for your family doctor, Ferrero Rocher? Yeah, yeah, I used to get a lot of those as a kid too. Or my parents would get those as a kid. I like those. Um, you know what else is sort of a nostalgic? chocolates along the same lines toffee face mm. do you remember these ones in the, in the straight tube wrapper that thing uh you know it comes in a tray and the the whole the commercial for it used to show how they had a sort of a caramel candy bowl uh and then a hazelnut in the middle and then they pour like a chocolate on top of that and then there's a dark chocolate little disc on top of that mm. so it's uh all these layers and complexity to it here's here's a chocolate product and as a parent i'm sure you're familiar with it Kinder Surprise. What do you think of Kinder Surprise? 
<laughs> a Canadian thing. Our American colleagues don't uh, really? get much opportunity to have Kinder Surprise because you're not allowed to bring it in the country. <laughs> it's uh, because it has a toy inside the food that's actually considered a choking hazard there. So they don't let you bring that in the country. So we don't treat Kinder Surprise as a food. So Kinder Surprise, for people who don't know, is like, a, is like a chocolate Easter egg that's hollow and there's usually a little plastic toy inside like a worthless piece of trinket right and and so at some age you know people started giving this to our family as gifts when the kids were small and we hated the idea of our kids eating all this chocolate so we trained them to not eat the chocolate oh really our explanation was these chocolates aren't even good chocolates if you're gonna have chocolate you might as well have a good chocolate so in our house you'll sometimes go up to the organic bin and there'll be like a chocolate egg sitting inside the kids have taken it apart and then somewhere else in the house is some crappy trinket (laughs) that will soon be disassembled and then you know disappear into into the furnace or something yeah, it's funny how, you know, if, if you give a kid for Christmas one of these junk things that comes in a Kinder Egg, they'd be all disappointed. But something about the fact that it comes in this in this wrapper <laughs> with the chocolate around it, that there's a toy inside, they, they, they get excited about it for a couple of minutes. And then, yeah, then, then you're stepping on it. How, how long can you be excited for a tiny Etch-A-Sketch? like toy that's one centimeter square <laughs> surface area <laughs> i don't know with instructions that are always written like in <laughs> dutch so half the time the kids can't even fathom out how to put it together or what it's supposed to do what's the purpose it's a, of it's a bizarre thing and it's become like a huge product in canada yeah. i guess i thought it was all over the world but just seems like a company that i don't know what they're doing like couldn't there be some other contribution to humanity that those people do other than this uh, it's the same concept of a happy meal toy but uh, right delivered to your home the happy meal actually has some food in it right <laughs> and and i you know we poo poo mcdonald's all the time but they're trying you can get apple slices it comes with a book for for heaven's sake if you want to read something this kinder surprise one centimeter square etch a sketch that you can draw something with the tip of your fingernail <laughs> well since we're talking about eggs and we're running out of time let me quickly throw in the cadbury easter eggs i love those things mm. and all the different flavors that they used to come in no, too sweet, too tart. As as as, tart. as I would say, as an elderly Chinese, it's too sweet. <laughs> you realize tart and sweet are two different ends of a spectrum, right? The tart and sweet are not even synonymous. You balance out tartness with sweetness. Maybe maybe I've misunderstood tart. Tart, I thought, just was sweet to a point where it, it's giving you that tangy taste in your mouth. The tangy taste is acidic. So when you're cooking, you need to be able to balance uh, uh, fat with acid. And mm. that's the, the, the tart is the acid side of things. I see. I see. See, connoisseur. <laughs> I had no idea. You <laughs> uh, saw my pantry in, in, in residency. You'd see that I, I definitely know about sweet things. <laughs> so we were supposed to get through the potato today, but we did not get the French fries yet. <laughs> but I do not think we can do another episode about this. I don't think so. I mean, I didn't realize the whole goal was to completely dissect the potato i mean otherwise this would have just been the podcast on just the potato which ironically a potato is the like most plain thing in terms of something you could eat if you actually just have a potato and you boil it there's nothing more flavorless than just a boiled potato you have to put stuff on it maybe maybe we should do an episode on potatoes someday when we're really like you know for agriculture week or something okay yeah maybe on saint patrick's day next year to celebrate the Irish, we can talk about potatoes. Last thing then, before we go. Okay. Since this was our junk food thing and we've done two weeks on junk food, we must close out with one of my personal favorite junk foods. We haven't touched on it. 
but I think we've mentioned it in the past, a food that only today's society can enjoy. Like human beings lived for thousands of years and this thing did not exist. There was no, you know, mechanism to freeze stuff. Uh So there was no such thing as ice cream for thousands of years, right? Like, you know, all the people who live in today's world who have access or fortunate enough to have access to ice cream, you should really appreciate being born in 2022 just for this fact, you know, forget about global warming for a minute, forget about the damage we're doing to the environment. The fact that we have ice cream, we are thousands, you're living a better life than the emperor of China did 200 (laughs) years ago. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, ice cream. Can't say enough about ice cream, so there's almost no point. But ice cream is so versatile, it's so delicious, and you're right. It is, you know, if, if, if we lived in a time before refrigeration, we would probably walk three kilometers just to get ice cream and feel like, yeah, like it was worth it. This is such a big, <laughs> a big treat. And, you know, you got all your yeah. different flavors of ice cream, but even just the, the most plain basic vanilla is still like it's an mm-hmm. amazing miracle. No, no, no. Vanilla is not basic. A good vanilla flavor, very, very hard to achieve. <laughs> you know, I was watching a, a show once. I think, it, I think it was an episode of Survivor. But this line always stuck with me because I thought it was so hilarious. The guy is complaining about another character on the show and saying how boring she is. You know, he's saying like, oh, yeah, and Amy, you know, she's just so vanilla. And then he says, well, actually, that's not even fair to vanilla because vanilla ice cream, people will line up around the block for vanilla, but no one's lining up around the block for Amy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that does kind of capture vanilla. So ice cream flavors. Give me three flavors that are your go-tos in the store that you would be looking out for. Uh, so I like chocolate chip mint. I like a good chocolate mm, chip mint. Absolutely. Number one. Uh, I like vanilla because you can add so many things to vanilla. Mm. Yeah. And then another one, uh, maybe one of those Haagen-Dazs flavors when they go on sale, when they go on sale for real. Nah, nah, just chocolate. Let's just give them, let's mix the chocolate discussion with ice cream. Okay. A good old fashioned brown chocolate ice cream goes a long way. Nobody dislikes that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, what about Neapolitan? Neapolitan? Yeah. With the strawberry? The, the strawberry vanilla chocolate for some reason. My dad was a huge strawberry ice cream guy yeah. for whatever reason. So we've all, we all ended up eating a lot of the stuff yeah. growing up. I, I've never been a huge fan of Neapolitan. I feel like when you mix the three flavors together, you can't taste any of them individually anymore. Yeah. So as a kid, I was always trying to like take that container three flavors and just scoop them out separately if I could. <laughs> There's something about Neapolitan that's like, this should be so delicious. It's combining three things that are individually delicious. Why is it not? But I think mm. it's probably because the companies that make Neapolitan ice cream, it's always getting like low quality ice cream to start with. Maybe when I, when I was growing up, like in our family, we would have strawberry, vanilla, chocolate. My parents were not that adventurous as new immigrants and may, or maybe they just didn't have this stuff so much here. One summer we went to, we went on a road trip to visit my uncle in Michigan. Right. So then we, he takes us to the grocery store. It's like, we're getting mint chocolate chip. I'm like, mint chocolate chip. What on earth is this? Right. And then we get in, we get in, we get home, open this up. And this is probably like the first time I'm aware that I'm we're in the United States. It's a different country, right? And yeah. eating this mint chocolate chip, I was like, oh my gosh, America, <laughs> what a country. This is the best country in the world, right? I'm gonna go God to bless America. I <laughs> oh, that's wild. You know, in some countries, yeah. Neapolitan ice cream doesn't even have strawberry in it. It has pistachio. Really? Yeah. I saw that somewhere once when I was traveling. I was like, this is... This is odd. But that's Pistachio crazy. ice cream is not bad, actually. It's a decent flavor. Green's my favorite color, so I, I do tend <laughs> to, to gravitate towards that. 
But th- this podcast is becoming like junk food itself in the sense that uh, once you get started, it's very hard to stop. <laughs> All right, let me like, let me let me finish with a story then. Okay. A, a few years ago, I, your kids have probably done this. You know, when I was a kid going to school, this was not a thing. But now it seems like when it's the hundredth school day of the year, like who's really keeping track of this except a teacher who's counting down the days till summer. But, <laughs> but you get to the hundredth school day of the year and the kids get all excited because you're going to have some sort of hundred day party, right? Yeah. And so the year that my daughter was in grade one, we get a letter back saying hundred day party is coming up. And as a treat for the kids, every parent is going to pack like some sort of snack, but it's got to be something small so that the kids can practice counting 10. Right. So they're going to be able to get 10 crackers, 10 chips, 10 popcorns and whatever. Right. So then medical dad, you know, what snack is medical dad going to pack his kid with on this? You got it. Cheerios. Right. Not not honey nut because that's got nuts and not multigrain because it's sweet. The the traditional orange or yellow box. Right. (laughs) The plain Cheerio. Right. And then sent it off with my kid. My daughter goes to school like two years later. I'm like. Remember that day when we had to pack the Cheerios? She's like groans. She remembers this vividly. So basically what happened is that all the other cool parents, you know, some of them packed Doritos, some of them had chips, some of them had like chocolates, and maybe there were gummies, right? Yeah. And then there was this bag of yellow Cheerios sitting there, right? The yellow box. She's like, nobody took our Cheerios. I felt really bad. So when it was my turn to get the snacks, I got 20 Cheerios, like self, <laughs> self-supporting, uh, representing our box. We didn't want the box to get no love. And then, and then the nice thing is one of her classmates forgot his lunch that day, right? Oh. The teacher was like, oh, here's some Cheerios, right? So I, I provided a kid with a lunch, bad, more awesome. than I can say for the other parents. <laughs> what kid doesn't like a dry bowl of Cheerios with no milk for his lunch? Now, oddly, like that school, it, it, that, that was like a microcosm of these like bazaars that the school would have like the school would have all these fundraising things as a private school and yeah. so there'd be like you know every parent has to bake like two dozen muffins or something so one year you know my wife and i we came up with like some healthy organic muffin <laughs> recipe right somehow the muffin came out kind of green tinged right you could look at it on the top and it looks like it's gonna be healthy <laughs> you know code code word for un- <laughs> untasty right and yeah. every parent's packing tons of boxes of this stuff so you get to the bazaar and they're selling it on behalf of the school right yeah. and then the the moms and dads who are on at the table opening the stuff up giving it away are are trying to they, they have they have so much variety to pick from right so yeah. they're 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 selling the chocolate they're selling the white chocolate they're selling like all the fancy stuff and then of course it's me i see oh there's there's our green muffin let me buy a few of those they're not getting any love right i'm buying back my own stuff right that's exactly like what my daughter did with the cheerios just buy back oh, your man. own cheerios and how were your broccoli muffins the broccoli and kale muffin <laughs> with the spinach icing can't even remember it anymore <laughs> can't even remember awesome i can't wait till your daughter grows up and is like oh i'm not gonna make the same mistake with my kid they're bringing in rollos instead of cheerios oh <laughs> uh, well there you go the only guide the only medically approved guide to junk food that you're gonna see on the entire internet all right we've just delivered it for our audience <laughs> That's right. the one and only until next week when we do part three <laughs> french fries here we go <laughs> Now we'll think of something slightly more medical or parenting related for next week. <laughs> yes. French fries. Let's go. <laughs> Bye, folks. Goodbye.